This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Everything that happens in Columbus affects everything in our schools. That's Brunswick City Schools bus driver Barb Armour talking on a recent episode of this podcast about why she helps the OEA fund screen and recommend candidates. On this episode of Education Matters, we're hearing from some of those candidates who have been recommended by Ohio's educators. And not just that, all of these candidates have spent their careers in Ohio classrooms, too. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association, and over the last few weeks, I've had some great conversations with three educators-turned-OEA member-recommended candidates who are running for seats in Ohio's General Assembly. Sean Brennan is running for Ohio House District 14 in the Parma area in Northeast Ohio. Joe Miller is running for re-election to the Ohio House. He has been representing District 56, but after some map changes due to redistricting, he's now running to represent Ohio House District 53 in northern Lorain County. And Sophia Rodriguez is running for Ohio House District 84, which covers parts of Mercer, Dark, and Auglaize counties. All of them have earned the support of OEA members because of where they stand on public education issues. All of them have a crucial understanding of those issues because they are educators. So, up first on this episode, we ask Sofia Rodriguez about how her experience as a high school Spanish teacher in Salina and her vast experience in leadership roles with OEA, NEA, her local association, and more will shape her work in the General Assembly. Sofia Rodriguez, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. You have such an impressive resume. A, a high school teacher, co-manager of your family restaurant, a former Salina City Council president, that's not to mention serving as president of the Western Ohio Education Association, president of the Coldwater Teachers Organization, chair of the Ohio Education Association Hispanic Caucus, and those terms on the OEA Board of Directors and National Education Association Board of Directors. Mm-hmm. That's a list. <laughs> <laughs> Why set your sights on the General Assembly now? Those leadership positions that I have have really set me up to better understand policymaking um, and activism within the public education realm that I can take to the next level on the legislative level for Ohio. What are those big public education issues that you would tackle on that next level when you get to the General Assembly? I think obviously it's funding. How do you look at a state that is over 94, 95% generally uh, the kids are in public education and you not fund that? I mean, you're talking about we have $2.6 billion sitting in a coffer doing nothing when it could be benefiting the youth of our, uh, of our state, along with college, STEM, you know, uh, all those extra, you know, things that for, to educate our population so that our population stays in Ohio, creates in Ohio, be, they, they can be innovative in Ohio. You know, Ohio, we put a man on the moon and we flew a plane. We can do that again, but we have to give them the opportunity through education and funding to be able to do that. And of course, heading into this next General Assembly, one of the big issues that's facing the lawmakers is whether to... Um, fully fund the fair school funding plan. Mm. That's the first constitutional funding system in Ohio. 
I, I never understood that. Why should that be a question? Why should you, the answer should always be yes. It should always be yes. Not a question of, do we do it or not? Yes, let's do it. And how do we do it? So how do you do it? How, I mean, I'm sure from your experience on city council and all of these other leadership positions, Mm -hmm. you have faced your fair amount of opposition and people who Mm -hmm. don't necessarily agree with you. How do you work to achieve what we need to achieve for our schools? Well, it's about allocating funds. So, but in order to do that, you have to bring everybody to the table. You have to bring them to the table. So we work collectively to determine what is in the best interest for our state. And I think the bottom line is always education. I mean, whatever field you're going in, and and it doesn't even have to, when I say field, I'm not talking about collegiate. I'm talking about whether you're a farmer, whether you're a small business, whatever you're doing, you need to be educated. If you're not educated to understand how the system works, how policies affect you, you're not going to be successful. And and we need success here in Ohio. And no one understands the opportunities that education brings more than you do or the challenges of educating the people of our state. How does your experience as an educator shape what you plan to do in Columbus? Well, this is what I know as an educator when, and and because of my experience within city council is that when uh, citizens are educated, they are less likely to be involved in crime. They're less likely to be involved in, in, in drugs and they're more likely to hold a job, a full-time job, uh, to not be unemployed, to open businesses. And so my education is just not just about being an educator. It, it is all the influences that I've learned through, through all the other experiences with local city politics, with the national policymaking, uh, you know, lobbying on behalf of public education, both nationally and statewide. So in order for those things to work, Again, I say we have to bring everybody to the table. We have to say we want a better system of success here in Ohio. We know education is the key. And how do we make that work? What are your suggestions? Let's look at this together. It's not just one person. And let's talk about bringing the experts into the field. I mean, why we have we have legislators who have never stepped foot in a classroom trying to make policy for us never been in there. My experience in the classroom, in small business, in local politics, is, is like a treasure trove for me to bring that experience on the state level. And we would be very lucky to have you on the state level advocating for our students. Sofia Rodriguez, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. De nada. When it comes to having life experiences influence a life of public service, Sofia Rodriguez is certainly not alone. Sean Brennan, the OEA member recommended candidate for Ohio House District 14, has served on Parma City Council since 2004 and has been Parma City Council president since 2011. He's also been a teacher in Brexville Broadview Heights schools for 28 years. And he has some advice for other educators considering running for office. Take a listen. Sean Brennan, Candidate for Ohio House District 14, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. We are talking, of course, to educators who are on the ballot running for government. That's your bread and butter. You've been teaching government uh, and American history and U.S. history and American legal systems for 30 years now. How did you transition from your love of teaching about government to actually wanting to be in government? 
Wow, that's that's a great question, and and it is an honor to serve, uh, and it's honor to be a teacher running for state office. You know, back in two thousand three, I saw my community going in the wrong direction, and um, you know, I've always taught my students that you know it's it's one thing to sit back and complain about things, but you know, if you living in a democracy, you really have a responsibility to become more of an actively engaged citizen. Uh, and so I decided to run for city council. And so I uh, knocked on uh, uh, every door of that ward three times, some of them four. And I went from a name that nobody really knew besides my family and a few friends uh, to people telling me, Sean, uh, leave me alone. You got my vote. <laughs> um, and, and my message to my colleagues, my fellow teachers uh, and educators around the state is, is that, you know, uh, we really need to know our power. Teachers and other educators are really leaders in their community, and sometimes we don't really view ourselves as that. And we really have so much to offer. You know, we know so much about kids, so much about families, so much about society, and uh, so much about challenges that need to be addressed. And, and we just have so much to offer that I really hope that more teachers will start to run for city councils and for mayors uh, and state legislature uh, and other offices. Um, and, you know, I, I look back on my 19 years on city council almost and my almost 30 years in as an educator, that's almost 50 years of public service. I've, I've dedicated my entire life to public service, just like probably everybody learning, listening to this podcast has. And that's a lot of experience that you can take to your city hall or to your state house and do right by uh, the people that you care about in your community. And just about everyone listening to this podcast presumably also cares about collective bargaining and about their local association. You have been a member of the Brexville Broadview Heights Education Association, also an honorary member of the Parma Education Association through your work on city council. And when you go to your campaign website um, and you look up where you stand on the issues, one of the things it says right off the bat is, quote, it all begins with education. Right. So I'll give you a little bit of my history. And if, if I go too long, uh, you know, let me know. But, you know, growing up, uh, my mom uh, was a single mother. My, my dad left uh, when I was a little boy and uh, my mom lost the house. Uh, you know, we were nearly homeless. In fact, uh, we were on public assistance. And I I think there are a lot of folks, um, you know, down in Columbus that have never been through that type of uh, struggle and challenge. Uh, but we, again, know as educators, we have kids in our classroom and families in our communities uh, that that go through hurdles like that. And uh, and so that informs why I'm running uh, in part for the state house. Um, you know, my mom uh, worked in retail where she did not have the protections of a collective bargaining agreement. Um, and so I know what it's like to be paid low wages and to not have health care um, and to not have retirement benefits. Uh, my mom died from cancer uh, several years back. And, uh, you know, not only did the cancer take a toll on her, but after she passed, I found $40,000 in medical bills oh, that wow. she simply couldn't afford. And I and, and no, that no doubt, the stress and anxiety that no doubt caused her probably shortened her life as well. So I am a huge believer in a collective bargaining agreement. Um, our teachers, uh, we need to continue to uh, uh, ensure that we have those collective bargaining rights. You can bet I'm going to go to the state house to fight to protect what we have and further our rights. Um, and, you know, uh, it concerns me very much that there are forces in our state 
who are trying to encourage our members to quit their union. You know, and Mike, and, and, and to anyone who even considers that, I just want you to think about, you know, who do you think might be behind that type of thing? Um, and what is their angle? And why is it that they want there and trying to encourage you uh, to leave your union? Uh, and I think at the end of the day, you know, teachers being among the most critical and creative thinkers in our communities, I think will draw the conclusion that that's not a good idea. Now, you mentioned educators are creative and critical thinkers, which is clearly important. Even more importantly, they are creating a next generation of critical thinkers. But that ability to do their jobs and have those age-appropriate conversations, instilling those skills in our kids, that's been under attack by certain politicians who are trying to distract us from the very real issues facing our schools. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I call a lot of what's going on in Columbus, the politics of division and diversion. Um, you know, there are uh, not all there are some, uh, um, I think, uh, pragmatists and, and moderates in Columbus on both sides of the aisle. And I'm looking forward to working with folks on both sides of the aisle. Um, you know, as a teacher, you learn to work with all personalities, particularly when you teach in a high school. And in my experience on city council, I've worked with Democrats, Republicans and independents. Uh, to uh, to transform Parma uh, into uh, uh, one of the safest cities of our size in the nation. Um, so, you know, my hope is to go down to Columbus and again work with folks on both sides of the aisle to to benefit all of the folks of the of of the 14th district and all the folks of the state of Ohio. Um, I am very concerned about some of the uh, uh, laws that uh, uh, no doubt are meant to attack our public schools and. Um, uh, prevent us from teaching true history and uh, to to uh, take away from our ability to uh, create a safe environment for all of our students, regardless of their uh, background. Um, and I will go to, to go to Columbus and I will fight for our profession and I'll fight for all of our students and fight for all of our families. Unfortunately, a lot of your colleagues have very serious concerns right now about school safety. As you know, that is one of the top issues for a lot of people heading into this election. And as you know, the General Assembly earlier this year passed House Bill 99, which just guts the training requirements for school personnel to carry weapons in our schools. Now, I know that you are a lifelong gun owner, but you're also a a strong advocate for gun safety, uh, having um, free gun lock giveaway programs and things like that going on. What are your thoughts on House Bill 99? And what would you tell your fellow educators about what can be done in Columbus to make them feel safer? You know, I, I explain it to residents this way when I'm going door to door. Arming teachers is not only not a Band-Aid on the problem, it makes it worse. Um, you know, there are, I, I believe there are many other much better solutions uh, to the problem than arming teachers personally. And I think most uh, reasonable people agree with me on that. And I cannot wait to have you in Columbus putting those reasonable solutions forward. Sean Brennan, thank you so much. And talking about House Bill 99 there, Sean Brennan touched on one of many major issues facing Ohio schools. And it seems like just about every day, lawmakers in Columbus propose new legislation for our schools, good or bad. Fortunately, our public schools have had a true ally in Columbus with Joe Miller, the current state rep for Ohio House District 56. 
who's running to represent Ohio House District 53 in the next General Assembly. Before going to work in the State House, Representative Miller worked in Fireland's local schools and taught college courses. His wife and brother are still in the classroom every day. So we asked him about some of the legislation impacting Ohio's public school educators and students. Representative Joe Miller, thank you for taking the time to talk about your record and your plans for the future. One thing that I know we are so appreciative of is your championing the Fair School Funding Plan. We know that has been such an uphill battle to get to the point where it was uh, adopted in the last state budget. So it's funded through this biennium. But that's just one of many things you have done for Ohio's public schools. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about some of the other legislation that you are really proud of from your previous term? Well, Katie, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, the Fair uh, School Funding Act was the biggest piece that we needed to push through. Of course, it's um, the new model for how we can fund equitably uh, education, public education across the state. If we uh, actually carry through with that and fund it properly, it will reduce property taxes and make sure that we can educate the whole child. Um, there's a lot of needs especially coming out of the pandemic that I think the uh, fair school funding model will help to, um, to assist with. But one of the things that um, got, it to, got us to this point and has caused just as much damage, not only as um, poorly funded schools, but the idea that we should, as a state, take over schools that are considered low performing. And I'm going to verbally put that in quotes because uh, we were basing that on a, a school report card that was inaccurate and unfair. It really was uh, just grading out school districts by their zip code, which meant uh, by how much wealth they had created and how few uh, social uh, detriments that uh, the students were facing. So I went ahead and with um, another co-sponsor, both bipartisans and both general assemblies, we have worked on this uh, ending of and dissolving the Academic Stress Commission uh, in the 133rd GA that was with Don Jones, uh, former teacher, as like myself. And then in this GA, um, Representative Petrona out of Youngstown, who also has a school district in academic distress, as do I, and uh, Representative Ken Smith up in East Cleveland. So the idea was let's um, remove this model. It's a bad model. It's a failed model. It really was put in place just to show to the, to the world that public school education is not working and we should move to for-profit charter schools. And, Which is a lie. Uh, it's a lie is, that it's not working. It's Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, but we also asked for an improvement plan to be put in place by schools that were struggling and having more challenges than others and what we could do to help assist them. And the, and the fair school funding model uh, was supposed to assist with that. They kind of worked hand in hand together. Uh, another thing that I had always promised when I came down here was to improve transparency of government and uh, House Bill 112. I believe I had that with this particular time with um, Representative Porhagen, uh, who also has part of her school and school district in the in academic distress. We were looking to have audits, performance audits done of the school districts to show why the model has failed. Uh, both have really not moved because uh, we were able to get a Band-Aid fix, if you will, for these three schools. And that is to kind of lead them on to, to give them the hope that they can come out of academic stress if they went ahead and created a plan that's a uh, state superintendent uh, approved 
and the me- metrics that I still think are very, very difficult to meet, uh, they would be able to remove themselves from economic distress and be uh, led by a superintendent, uh, the way all schools are constitutionally uh, created to be led by a school board that chooses a superintendent. So those were the two, I would say, ones that were trying to overcome some of the issues uh, down there in regards to education. There's many more. Uh, one of the more proud things, more positive things, is we got to uh, you know, adopt the resolution uh, 128, which honored Kurt Russell, teacher in Oberlin, for not only being Ohio's uh, 2022 Teacher of the Year, but also the nation's Teacher of the Year. So that's a very proud moment there. And shameless plug, Kurt Russell is a two-time guest on this podcast. So go ahead and go back and listen to his episodes. He has some really great stuff to say. I do want to hear what you have to say about the future. Um, you're running for re-election, and you have a lot of plans for when you go back to Columbus for your next term. Sure, there's and there is a lot to do, still do. We had have for the last decade or more, I would say almost two decades, uh, we have put Ohio in a race to the bottom for our public school system. Uh, and that's a, that's something that we need to reverse and set on course in a more positive way. Uh, we know currently that teachers are just under this current uh, environment there. They're overworked, they're underpaid. And, and probably the biggest thing for us as teachers is when you're underappreciated, the joy of teaching is no longer there. And this is driving many of those teachers out of the profession. And Less are actually going to college to become teachers. So uh, my goal is to get uh, down there, work on the finance committee, work in at the primary, secondary, higher ed committee, and make it seamless. Make it so that we have fully funded schools that are seamless from cradle all the way until they step out and, and become their own individual, go off to into a profession and do their thing, and then still provide access for uh, retraining and workforce development if needed. So it's a, it's a broader scope than just high school or you know, elementary school, but I think that's something that we really need to change the direction of, and that is the race to the bottom should be a race to the top. And the only way you're going to get to the top is by investing in the children, the teachers, and the communities that uh, support these um, children's efforts to you know, become lifelong learners and kids that love learning, whatever that may be, whether they're learning a trade or they're learning... Uh, quantum physics. It's extremely important that we support all the different um, options and opportunities that you have as you grow um, academically and emotionally and physically throughout your young years. And it is extremely important that educators in Ohio support educators like you trying to get seats in the state house to, to really influence the legislation that makes such a difference. Joe Miller, OEA recommended candidate for House District 53. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Katie, for having me. And good luck, everybody. Joe Miller, Sean Brennan, and Sophia Rodriguez are just a few of the candidates on the ballot this year who have been recommended by OEA members. OEA members who'd like to learn more about the recommended candidates in their legislative districts can go to ohioballot.com. And we'll all learn more about the OEA member recommended candidates for Ohio State Supreme Court next week here on Education Matters. Until next time, stay well.